Hello and welcome to a very special Spirit of 67 Stroke Ealing Road Buzz crossover podcast. My name's Lee Wilmot, I'm your host for today, um, and we had reporters Phil Spencer, who's our Queen's Park Rangers writer, and Tom Moore, our Brentford writer, at Loftus Road last night where it finished Queen's Park Rangers 2, Brentford 2. And that doesn't really tell the whole story. Um, two injury time goals from QPR, earning them a share of the spoils after Brentford had seemingly controlled the game. Um, let's get the thoughts of Phil first on that astonishing comeback from Queen's Park Rangers. It was uh, it was something of a typical QPR performance to be honest. It was uh, the, the first half was very much um, it was very much played on Brentford's terms. They uh, the, the dominated possession as as many thought they would do. Um, they uh, the dictated play in midfield. Ryan Woods was uh, particularly outstanding in midfield, getting on the ball and um, and and setting the uh, the attackers on the way just as we thought that they would do. And uh, and they did cause QPR a, a number of problems. Um, Alex Smithies was forced into uh, a number of outstanding saves, particularly in the first half, to keep QPR in it. And um, other than a couple of half chances um, for the home side, it, it was very much Brentford who were on top. Um, going into the second half, it was uh, Brent, Brent, Brentford uh, dominated uh, some more. Uh, QPR seemed to switch off uh, for the opening uh, fifteen twenty minutes of the uh, of the first of the uh, second half. Sorry. Um, where, where Brentford picked up the two goals, and um, it, it was from that point on really that uh, that QPR they, they 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 started playing with a, a newfound kind of freedom. Uh, Matt Smith was introduced into the fray. Um, obviously, Matt, Matt Smith does change games single handedly, just with the uh, the unique threat that he does pose um, opposition defenders, and it, it it just gave QPR a, a route to get into the box. It was um, he acts as a, a focal point. Um, it's a, it's a case of getting the ball into him and other players rushing into the box to join him. And uh, what he does do is he causes uh, mass panic uh, for the opposition. Uh, whoever's having to defend against him, it's not easy um, to defend against a. Um, an old school striker such as Matt Smith, someone who's um, more than comfortable in the air because it is, um, unfortunately in the game, it is something of a dying breed and people don't know how to deal with it. But um, credit to QPR, they um, they, they kept going right until the end. Um, I don't think many people, uh, including the fans, um, expected them to um, to get back into it in the way that they did. Um, obviously, Matt Smith bundled home his uh, his goal um, just in the in the first minute of injury time and that, that was met with... Um, a, a small amount of applause in the stadium. People thought it was uh, just something of a consolation goal, but the uh, the atmosphere at Loftus Road when Luke Freeman put in the equaliser was uh, was something special. Um, no one really expected them to uh, to get that equaliser. Whether it was deserved, um, I'm not entirely sure. I think Brentford probably uh, will be frustrated uh, that they didn't see out the game and uh, get the other uh, three points. Um, at the end of it, but um, now QPR will be delighted that they uh, that they fought back to uh, to get that victory, and uh, the fans who uh, who were in the stadium will um, yeah they'll they'll be absolutely delighted with those three points. Um, Alex Smithies, um, as I mentioned before, he he made a, a number of outstanding saves throughout the game, and um, that that game could have been uh, well that that could, game could have been well gone by the time um, by the time uh, QPR got back into it at the end if it wasn't for him. Um, a number of outstanding saves from point blank range. A couple of, um, I suppose, saves for the cameras from um, from efforts outside the area. But um, God, what what a player QPR have got in Alex Smith. He's he's, um, he's a fantastic asset. He's someone who who often flies under the uh, the radar somewhat just because of how consistent he is. Uh, but he's certainly a player that QPR can't be taken for granted. Um, Josh Scowen, Luke Freeman in midfield as well. Uh, both of them put in a much improved. 
uh, displays um, against Brentford. Um, they, they, both of them have been a little bit quiet in recent weeks. Um, Luke Freeman in particular, he is, um, he's, he's vital to how QPR play on the attack. Um, when, when QPR play well, it's generally because Luke Freeman's playing on the front foot. And although we had a quiet first half, he, he very much came into the game second half. And it was him who was driving at the Brentford defence and causing problems and um, putting them on the other back foot ultimately. As with any match, there's always two sides to the story. And while QPR will be ultimately delighted to have uh, snatched a point, um, Brentford absolutely devastated um, to have let two slip through their grasp. Let's get the thoughts of uh, Brentford writer Tom Moore now on, um, on how he saw last night's game and, and what happened right at the death. Brentford have uh, a habit of uh, throwing wins away this season. And that one against QPR was the worst that, that uh, I've seen all season is they had the three points in the bag. You should not throw a two-goal lead away in stoppage time. It, it, it should not happen, and I think all the squad know that as well. I have no idea how they let that slip. They were fully deserving of the three points. They'd outclassed QPR again, and Lassa Viba had scored two superb goals, and it was good to see him back in the goals because he, he's sort of struggled with injury and it's sort of been a long time since he'd found the net. And it was just good to see him back to the Lassa Vibe we remember. is He, he is a player that uh, can, when he is good, he's very, very good. But when he's not on song, it is you really notice it. And it was good to see him back in the goals and hopefully now he can go on a run. But I spoke to him after the game last night and it was one where going into stoppage time you're thinking, OK, you're going to talk about his goals being back on form, maybe even talk about the World Cup, for instance. That that would be a big motivation for him, I'm quite sure, without even asking him, is if a footballer hasn't dreamt as a child or even as an adult now about winning the World Cup for their country, they're probably lying. Is Anyone that's listening to this has probably dreamt of winning the World Cup for their country. So it would have been nice to talk about that, talk all positive stuff... And yes, I know he wasn't on the pitch at the time, but the overriding question that every Brentford fan wanted the answer to was how on earth did they let that two-goal lead slip? Is it To me, it was a, a goalkeeping error for the first goal, and then, as far as I'm concerned, it's still almost the same phase of play that, that led to the second. And it, it was if... Brentford felt that the game was over and they all sort of switched off. And even after QPR got the goal back, it wasn't a celebration of, oh, we're back in this from the, from their fans. It was, oh, they've scored. That's it still. And that, that was sort of the uh, reaction, I sort of vibe I got from the players on the pitch. And w- once they realised it wasn't over, they couldn't get themselves going again. That was just sort of how it looked at the time, is it just felt as if they thought the game was won and were going to just be heading down the tunnel and celebrating three points. And obviously that didn't happen. But that's now 18 points dropped from winning positions. Had they kept those points from those winning positions, they'd be second in the league, two points clear of Cardiff and two points behind Wolves. That, you can obviously say, oh, if 
we've won all our games, we'll be top of the league. But if you even half that and say it was nine points, drops only, Brentford would be in the top six. So that illustrates the difference between Brentford and those sides in the top six is they've just not been able to hold on to that lead. And really, that one is the worst of them, not just because it's QPR, not just because it's stoppage time, but because it was 2-0 as well. Is It was a perfect storm, in a way. Is really, you just left the ground baffled as to what you'd just witnessed. Let's try and put that disappointment of two drop points behind us then. Tom, there was a particularly um, big milestone for Dean Smith at Loftus Road. 100 games for Dean Smith. It's important to put aside the feelings from last night and look at it in more holistic view and, as, and the two years in charge. We've got to look at the records. 38 wins, 23 draws, 39 losses. Is It almost is a a copy of his uh, record at Walsall, although there are a lot more draws in that in that period. I mean, his overall record is 122 wins, 119 draws, 119 losses. So he's he's very consistent in a way as a head coach or manager as he was at at Walsall. Um, I'd, I'd say overall he's he's done a good job, but there are certainly things he can still improve on. I think uh, where he's done really well is the fact that he's been able to get a squad that consistently is changing with uh, the leading players leaving to perform at a a strong level is not many clubs would have coped with seeing the likes of Harley Dean, Hotter and Maxime Conan leave on transfer deadline day or the day before in the case of Harley. For Dean, I think that's one of the things, but obviously credit has to go to the club and and the, their structure as well. I mean, it, it's a difficult one in a sense because when it's going well, it is a lot of the the things you get from the fans. Oh, it's the structure of the club. Oh, they they do things very well. And yes, that is true. But when things aren't going well, it's Dean Smith that gets the uh, criticism, and not necessarily the structure of the club. So to me, both of them go hand in hand. Is to to praise one is to praise the other, and to criticise one is to criticise the other. And I think his best suits are normally the calmness he exudes and the way he gets the squad to work work for him. And he is one that the players trust as well. Is he is Ryan Woods was saying that you can go to him about football issues or or non football issues uh, last week in his press conference and. That 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 says a lot about him. I've not met someone that spent five minutes with him in person that has a bad word to say about him as a person, and I think that that speaks volumes for him. I think his sense of humour is a uh, is very good. He certainly is uh, passionate. He 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 does like a laugh as well, and that does rub off on the players in training. I'm quite sure he will not be a barrel of laughs this m- on Tuesday morning after throwing away a two-goal lead at, at QPR, but he's the one that will, in time, sort of lift the players for Fulham on Saturday. I think clearly there are s- some ways he he can improve. I th- 
I certainly think that sometimes that it's too regimented and there's no real plan B as you don't see him say if Brentford are chasing the game change the formation too often if you look at Ian Holloway if his side's losing he'll throw on Matt Smith he'll throw on every single forward player he's got in a bid to to come back in into the game I mean I don't necessarily think that's the right way of going about things but he always believes in his way and that that's admirable but you'd like to see at times maybe a bit more of a a plan B. I mean, I know going through at the back uh, halfway through last season, that was uh, not entirely popular with the fans, but it showed him willing to try something different. I think overall, when you look at his record at the club, I think he's done well. Teams have then worked his side out and how they're going to play. And then he's worked out how to counter that and it's got results, and it has been a, a cycle. It has been a roller coaster in a sense, um, and with, with good a run of good form, a run of bad form, and if he can arrange that to be more consistent, uh, then that would uh, be absolutely perfect. So uh, I, I think he's uh, he's done well, and there's still still room for improvement, and I'm quite sure he'd he'd say the same. And Brentford follow up one West London derby with another this weekend. They host Fulham at Griffin Park. Um, how do you think the bees will go into that one, Tom? Well, Fulham seem to be a side that's uh, hitting form now. Uh, obviously, they had that 5-4 win over Sheffield United away from home. And it's funny how a result like that can spark a team into life and... Uh, Winning 1-0 at home against Millwall, I think, uh, is always a good result, especially given the way Millwall play and the test that they impose on any opposition, as as Brentford found out when they played the Lions. I think many people expected Fulham to be up at the top and might well have been surprised by their their start. I thought they'd be slightly better off than they are at this point in the season, but... I did expect them to maybe make a slow start. It is uh, quite common for sides in the playoffs to uh, suffer a bit of a hangover, and certainly Sheffield Wednesday have had that, as as have Reading. Certainly, is it does seem to impact a side after that extended run. It does obviously reduce the off season. You've obviously got the disappointment of missing out on promotion as well. Is it does make an impact? on the following season just on those sides and also the emotions of it is it does it does take time and you almost need to clear the air I mean if we put a Brent, Brentford spin on it if we look back at the 2013-14 season it took a heated dressing room row at uh, Stevenage to uh, spark them into life and obviously they then went on a long unbeaten run and ultimately won promotion so it does seem to be an awkward time to be playing Fulham. However, they will pose a different test to uh, to the likes of QPR, to the likes of Cardiff and Burton, as they will look to play their football. And that could well suit Brentford in a way, as they, they've had these awkward tests against sides that are happy to 
to lump balls into the box and challenge them aerially is Fulham don't really have those sorts of players they like to unlock sides with their passing football is the game against uh, them at Craven Cottage last season was brilliant to watch it was two sides going toe to toe slugging it out with some good passing football and um it it was a a point was a fair all round and it was almost in a way a well played well played both sides played well they didn't neither side really did enough to win and it that was that is so i think i think with saturday is it's about getting over the disappointment of monday night quickly is clearly that would feel like a defeat and they they will have to uh stir themselves into action and certainly it's a sort of game where, where you don't need to be uh too much motivation and you just have to get on with it is I always think it's a shame in a way that um, the fixture list in both this season and last season and put Brentford's West London derbies back to back is it makes the second one i.e. Fulham in both cases it makes it almost a bit after the Lord Mayor show type of thing is clearly if you look back to last season Brentford weren't at their best against Fulham on the Friday night at home. Um, but the previous Friday night, they'd ended a 50-year wait for a win at Loftus Road. And so that, it can be a bit of after the Lord Mayor's show type of thing, but you'd hope that Brentford would go out there to put it right. And uh, when it comes to a uh, prediction, I, I'm very, very much the sort of person that in a derby, by and large, although it didn't necessarily come to pass on Monday, although it should have done, was the side that scores the first goal goes on to win. And that is the way I, I see this derby going as well, is if Brentford can get up ahead of steam, take the lead, then you've got the home support getting behind them. But if Brentford uh, fall behind, it, is I think they'll struggle to uh, to break break Fulham down and uh, that, that will be an issue and that then makes it four games without a win and you're starting to, to get a bit nervous, although they're then obviously a trip to Hull the following week and they're not in the best of forms themselves. And uh, certainly that, that could even be a new new manager in charge at, at Hull. So it is, you've, you've got to look to uh, bounce back from the QPR draw and get a positive result uh, uh, against them. Thanks for joining us on this special Ealing Road Buzz Spirit of 67 crossover podcast. All your latest bees news is on getwestlondon.co.uk and we will be back with another episode this time next week. (laughs) 